Hello again, this is World Pastor Tony Obama. This is program number 734. If you'd like to have a copy of it, Sharon will tell you how at the end of the program. Just let us know whether you want a CD or an audio tape. Both of them are free, including the postage and handling. Well, I have a very strong message today from the book of um, Luke, uh, chapter 7. It will be at verse number 1. I have music and letters, but right now, let's go to the throne of the Lord and ask him to continue anointing me as he has always done. Uh, I don't like to do anything without seeking the Lord. I don't like to go out of the house if I don't seek him. I don't like to go anywhere or do anything without seeking him. But So, Lord, uh, continue pouring out your spirit in and through me to the people of this world so that they can learn about salvation and be able to uh, continue uh, to receive it and then continue in salvation until they are taken by you into the kingdom of heaven. And Lord, I pray that they'll receive into their hearts how important it is to continue on serving you, walking in the Holy Spirit until the time that you take them into heaven, because this, uh, if we receive salvation and then we go back to the way we were living before, then there remains no more forgiveness for us. Because Christ died once and he's alive forevermore. He's not going to die again and sacrifice himself for us. This is not what it's all about. It's all about continuance. It isn't about becoming some spiritual giant and then all of a sudden retiring. As many people do in the secular world where they become great boxers and then they get their heads knocked in and they can't box anymore. Or people that injure themselves in football and they can't do it anymore, but they were great at one time and now they're nobody. They're nobody to the world, but to the Lord they are somebody. And this is why we're preaching the gospel. Muhammad's bones are in his uh, grave, but there's no bones or skin or stinking flesh in the grave of Jesus. He rose from the dead. He rose out of hell and from his grave, and he's uh, ascended into the kingdom of heaven with many witnesses, over 500 of them. And so, Lord, we pray that um, the sick will be healed, those that really seek you and those that really will serve you. I know that you don't want them to leave yet. You want them to continue on living and um, because they want to allow you to do your work in and through them. Um, because there's so few servants, um, there's few, so few people that will labor in your word. The laborers are few, and the harvest is ripe. It's ready to be uh, reaped in these last days. And therefore, we ask that you call people to repentance and that you call them in a life of continuance. Continuing moderation, continuing in moderation uh, in everything, that they don't become overcharged. No matter how many devils hit them every day, the Lord, I pray that they'll be stable. They won't be tossed to and fro with their feelings. 
so that they'll snap out and use unsavory language before people. And I say, Lord, to rebuke Satan, he's damned. He's damned, he's going to hell, and he knows it, and his time is short, he knows that. And Lord, he's full of wrath, and he's doing everything, he's hitting people hard. And there's no possible way that they can stay standing, walking up that mountain, up that nation of the redeemed. Unless they stay in the spirit. You stayed in the spirit. You stayed praying all night, many nights. You prayed without ceasing. And how could we do less and enter into the kingdom of heaven? Judgment begins first at the house of the Lord. And if we're weighed in the balances and found wanting, we will not be in heaven, but we'll be in hell. So, Lord, let everyone beware that there's an enemy in this world that is seeking to devour them. It's a lion. Satan is like a lion seeking to devour people. And those that don't have any power because they don't pray, those that don't have any power because they don't seek you as to what to do and what not to do, and they find themselves in predicaments that they should have never been in, but they were in them because they didn't walk in the spirit. They didn't want to listen to you. And your people, even your people, Lord, they perish. They perish because there's a lack of knowledge in them. They don't read the scriptures. They don't understand what the scriptures mean. And they don't ask. If they asked, they would receive. Lord, through these messages, you're rebuking Satan in this world. Through these messages, you're bringing forth strength and power and understanding and wisdom into the hearts of thousands, maybe millions of people. And I praise and thank you for it, Lord. And I thank and praise you, Lord, that you're using such an, an insignificant person as myself uh, that you use to bring these messages through. Lord, it makes me feel so good. I'm so happy that I'm going to heaven to be with you forever. And I'm going to see my loved ones there, too. You're uh, my love, real loved one, Lord, but my mother's there. I prayed her through. You told me she's in heaven, and I just want to see her. And I love you, Lord. I praise you and give you all the glory. Lord, I ask all these things that you heal the sick people that are of you that are walking in your spirit, and I pray that you give them their daily bread and give them wisdom and intelligence, give them knowledge, understanding, to know all things, because the knowledge of you is uh, available now, Lord, to everybody. We're living in the day of Revelation. The book of Revelation is easily understood now. Rebuke, um, you're rebuking Satan by these messages that you're bringing, and I love it, Lord. Send us uh, open doors, great and mighty open doors, so that we can get these things done quickly and efficiently before it's time to leave these earthen bodies to have our bodies changed, and that there's no more witnessing or no more testimony on this earth anymore. 
people will not be able to say, let me back, Lord, I do it. They're going to see the kingdom of heaven, all the things, the wonderful things that are there. And they'll be crushed with shame because they didn't stay in the spirit. They didn't uh, fight Satan. As a matter of fact, they allowed him to uh, use them um, in a great way to destroy their sons and daughters, to destroy other people in the church, destroy people in the world. Lord, rebuke the devil and these kind of people. I pray that you'll give them added strength, tremendous strength, that they'll give them a desire to serve you, because what a shame it's going to be when they see glory, the kingdom of God, the marriage supper of the Lamb, and then their souls, they'll think they're there, and then forever, and they're going to be ripped, yanked, jerked out of heaven, and sent down into the fiery bowels of hell and the lake of fire. God, I pray that you'll give people strength. You'll put it in their heart to seek you with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength, which they've never done. Lord, do it. Let their souls be in the lake of fire, the hell and the lake of fire forever. And Lord, close every door to Satan. Build walls of fire around and about these weak ones. Let everybody pray one for another that their souls don't go to hell. When they see weakness in people, don't fight them, but pray for them. Lord, I ask it, and that give food to the hungry and open up doors for us to be able to get food to them. Some of these works that are saying they're doing all these great and wonderful things, Lord, I don't know why, but I don't believe that they're doing it. If you give us the open door to get to these people, and you give us the wherewithal, we'll do it. I'd ask these things, Father, from your throne. I know that it's going to happen because you put it in my heart to pray these things, and I have faith to believe that you're already doing it. Because I'm asking it in the name of Jesus. And everyone says, Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right. Now here's a song I just recorded. Um, H.P. Barnum conducting again. And it's uh, his choir, the Life Choir. And this great uh, symphony orchestra in Prague. Uh, in the sweet by and by. Beautiful shore, we are bound to 
voice on you and <laughs> that's so disgusting to me it's unbelievable we're in the seventh chapter of the book of luke and uh, this is verse one now when jesus had ended all his sayings all these real strong sayings all these directions uh, to live life as he did in the audience of the people he entered into Capernaum. Capernaum, or Capernaum. Verse 2, And a certain centurion's servant, who was dear unto the centurion, was sick, the servant of the centurion, and ready to die, like all of us will be one of these days. Unless the Lord comes back and uh, takes us in a twinkling of an eye. Verse 3. And changes us in a twinkling of an eye as well. Now verse 3. And when he heard of Jesus. Heard of Jesus. What did he hear of Jesus? That um, whoever you bring before him. He heals. And if somebody's actually dead. He can raise them up from the dead. And uh, he can also feed Thousands of people at one setting, with just a few loaves and some fishes. So when he heard of Jesus, man, he uh, sent unto him. He didn't call for Pontius Pilate, he didn't call for Caesar, he didn't call for any of these uh, people. He called for Jesus. Why? Because Jesus is God. And uh, somehow he knew that. You know, if I see somebody raising people from the dead, and I see people touching people and healing them, I certainly know that God is in them and with them. If I see people that are calling on God and to stop the rain, well, then surely this person is of the Lord. He's of God. God's in him. Or if he tells the Lord, 
he asks the Lord to stop the rain, and he does it, then I know, hey, I better listen to this guy. And so when he heard of Jesus, that means he heard of all the things that this man, Jesus, was doing, this God-man. Uh, he, uh, What he did was he sent unto him the elders of the Jews, beseeching him that he would come and do what? That he would come and heal his servant. He knew this was the great physician. <laughs> no doubt about it whatsoever. I, I want you to come, Jesus, and heal my servant because he's dear to me. Yeah, he's a good servant. Uh, he helps me a lot. And when they came to Jesus, they besought him instantly, saying that he was worthy. This man, this uh, centurion, was worthy to who had the centurion. And, well, actually, he's talking about the servant now, that he was a worthy to whom he should do this. The centurion is worthy, and so is the servant. Uh, for Jesus to heal him. Uh, Jesus wants to know, what's the purpose for me to heal this guy? Is he of the Lord? Does he want to serve me? Is he a good man? Does he do anything? Does he keep his mouth shut? Does the devil use his mouth or use his body or use his flesh to lust after the things of this stinking, condemned, doomed world? Is there anything... No, he's, uh, Jesus wants to know. Well, uh, what about it? Well, for he loveth our nation. That's one thing. He loves our nation. He loves Israel. Well, can we say the same thing for the United States of America, that we're bombing people for no reason at all? No, we can't say that. I love America, but I love what God loves, and he loves Israel. And he have another thing that he did is he built us a synagogue. So, uh, Lord, I think he's worthy. Verse 6. Then Jesus went with them. And when he was now not far from the hacienda, the house, the uh, centurion sent friends to Jesus, saying unto him, Lord, don't trouble yourself. Trouble not thyself. Trouble not. Don't trouble yourself, for I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof. You're God. I mean, what a thing. You know, when we get to heaven and we see heaven and we just realize, my God, we didn't do anything to come here. This is like wonder, the most incredible, wonderful place. It's perfect. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, nor has it entered the hearts of people, the beautiful things that the Lord has laid away for those who love him and keep his commandments. That's love. I'm not worthy, Lord, for you to be uh, come under my roof. Verse 7, Wherefore, neither thought I myself worthy to come unto thee, but all you got to do, Lord, is say a word, and my servant shall, shall be healed. There's no doubt in his mind when he's praying, he knows that when Jesus says the word, 
the sea will stop tossing to and fro, and the wind will stop blowing, and his servant will be healed. This is what he's saying. It's just a word. Just say the word, and my servant shall. Not maybe, or I suppose it might happen, that my servant shall be healed. Verse 8, for, Lord, I also am a man set under authority. I'm set under authority. I've been given authority, having under me soldiers. And I say unto one, go over here, do this and that. And he goes, and he does this and that. And to another, come on. And he comes. And... To my servant, do this, and he does it. I know what it's like to have power over these soldiers. I have no power to heal. I have no power to raise the dead. I have no power to cast out devils. But I know what it's like to have certain kind of power over soldiers. But you, you have power over the elements. You can say whatever you want and it'll happen. You can say, let a Japanese cherry tree be grown right there and it'll happen immediately. I have faith in you, Jesus. Uh, my servant will be healed. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him. Gosh, there's nobody like this in all Israel that has that kind of faith. And turned him about and said unto the people that followed him, I say unto you, I'm telling you people this, I have not found so great faith. No, not in Israel. Verse 10, And they that were sent returned to the house and found the servant whole that had been sick. He was completely healed. And it came to pass the day after that he went into a city called Naim. N, capital N-A-I-N. And many of his disciples went with him. And much people, much people also, Verse 12, now when he came nigh to the gate of the city, behold, there was a dead man carried out. Zed, deader than as dead can be. And he was the only son of his mother, and she was a widow, no one to help her now. And, but, you know, why would people be in despair? We should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Pray to him. Uh, call on him. This is what the woman that had a issue of blood that she called. She reached out to him and touched his garment. We have to touch the Lord before something happens. You've got some kind of a spiritual impediment that you need to be healed and seek the Lord, call out to him and tell him, Lord, 
please take this away from me. Don't let me continue being the dog that I am. Fill me with the spirit. And this woman was a widow. And much people of the city was with her. Verse 13. And when the Lord saw her, he uh, had compassion on her. Why would the Lord have compassion on this particular woman? Because she must have been a good lady. He had compassion on her. Not everybody around, but her. And said unto her, Don't cry. Don't cry. Weep not. Cry not. Don't cry. Verse 14, And he came and touched the bier. And they that bear him stood still. And he said to the dead man in the coffin, Young man, I say unto thee, Arise, get out of that coffin. Verse 15, And he that was dead sat up and began to speak. And he delivered him to his mother. Verse 16, And there came a fear on all, and they glorified God, saying that a great prophet is risen up among us, and that God hath visited his people. Yes, I would say a great prophet, actually more than a prophet. He's God Almighty, amen? Amen. Verse 17, and uh, this rumor of him went forth throughout. This is not idle gossip. This is uh, a rumor of him went forth throughout all Judea and throughout all the region round about. Verse 18. And the disciples of John showed him of all these things. The disciples of John showed him all these things. And John, verse 19, came calling unto him two of his disciples, sent them to Jesus, saying, Art thou, this is John, the Baptist. He's doubting the Lord. So he's asking him this question. Are you the one? Are you he that should come? Here's this John the Baptist that saw the Spirit of God come down in the shape of a dove and land upon Jesus. And then he heard the voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And he's asking now, Art thou the he that should come? Because he's in jail and he can't figure out why Jesus doesn't come in and shine his shoes and trim his toenails and uh, get him out of jail. Are you the one that's supposed to come? Are you the Messiah? Well, what do you leave me here in jail for? 
The Lord's not going to do anything for people to start snapping their fingers or start doubting him. By faith you're saved, by doubt you're damned. Hey, Jesus, are you the one? Are you he that should come? What's the deal here? Or do we look for another? Verse 20. When the men were come unto uh, him, Jesus, they said, John the Baptist has sent uh, us unto thee, saying, Art thou he that uh, should come? Or do we look for another person? Do we, are you the, really the Messiah or is somebody else coming to this? Cause, but I can't understand why I'm still in jail. What kind of a Messiah are you to leave me, your forerunner in the prison here? Verse 21. And in that same hour, he cured, Jesus cured many of their infirmities and plagues and of evil spirits. And unto many that were blind, he gave sight. And I'm sure he rose a few people from the dead. Verse 22, Then Jesus answering said unto them, Go your way, and tell John what things ye have seen and heard. Uh, now I want to expound on that in case you didn't see all these things. How that the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised. He raised the dead right in front of him. Uh, to the poor, the gospel is preached. Verse 23. Let me tell you something. And blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. In other words, if I leave you in jail, don't you be offended at me. Because that's exactly what you need. You've got uh, not enough faith, really, to get into the kingdom of heaven because you must believe that I am he in order for you to be able to enter the kingdom of heaven. And you're doubting it. And so whether John the Baptist went into heaven or not, I don't know. I, I wouldn't want to be in his shoes. After he saw all these things, verse 24, and when the messengers of John were departed, he began to speak unto the people concerning Yanni, John. What went you out into the wilderness for to see? A reed shaken with the wind, verse 25. Well, did you go out there to see a weakling that uh, gets shaken over everything that he sees or does, or if anybody confronts him, or do you, what you go out there for? Verse 25, but what went she out for to see? A man clothed in soft raiment? Well, that wasn't the case with him. Behold, they which are gorgeously apparelled and live deliciously or delicately are in king's courts. Verse 26, But what went ye out for to see? A prophet? 
Was it a prophet? Yes, and I say unto you, and much more than a prophet. Does that mean if you're a prophet that you never can uh, fall away? The angels in heaven did, didn't they? Yes. One third of the angels in heaven fell away. So what's the big deal about a prophet? Well, I say unto you, this is a great prophet, much more than just a prophet. Verse 27, this is he of whom it was written, or it is written, behold, I send my messenger, God's messenger, or angel, before my thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee. Well, that's what I feel I'm doing. I'm preparing the way for Jesus to return into this world because I'm telling you the real truth of him and what you have to do in order to be saved and straightening out all the false prophets so that you can know the truth because when you know the truth, the truth will set you free. Verse 28, For I say unto you, among those that are born of women, there is not, so because uh, uh, there is not a uh, greater prophet than John the Baptist. But, but, he that is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. Well, because anybody that's in the kingdom of heaven is there, and it's doubtful that John is going to be there because he doubts. Now, God never crosses up his word. When Jesus said that he that doubts is damned, and he that believes is saved, that's what he means. And he's saying the least person that's just slightly made it into the kingdom of heaven is greater than this great prophet that fell away and began doubting because he wasn't going to let him out of jail. The Lord put the test to him and he failed. And he started, first of all, another thing that he did that was very wrong, John the Baptist, great prophet, the greatest one. He's the forerunner of Christ. But he's not Christ. And he doubted. Well, what about uh, Eve? She doubted too. She was the first woman ever born. Does that make her a great thing or something? Mm, I don't think so. Mm -mm. No, no. Because uh, she, she believes Satan rather than God. And then you see the people in the world today, they believe Satan rather than God. The Bible says that the whole world is deceived in these last days. And if you're one of the mob, you're deceived too. What does that mean? If the righteous scarcely make it into the kingdom of heaven, where do the unjust stand? Well, what is just, what just is, uh, you know, unjust, Lord? Just what is unjust? A person that doubts. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. But doubt and your soul is damned to hell. The smallest, the littlest, the littlest in the kingdom of heaven is greater than this great prophet. 
But we love John the Baptist and we call our church the Baptist church, the Baptist will say. What difference does that make what you call things? It would be better to call it the Jesus church. Amen? Amen. Or the little guy that believes in Jesus church. How about that for a name? The little guy and the little girl that believes in Jesus church. <laughs> That's better than the Baptist church. Why did they pick him? He also knew that he was the forerunner. He knew that he was uh, Elijah. The spirit of Elijah entered him in his mother's womb. And when the Pharisees and all these people, Sadducees, and the scribes asked him, Are you he, the one that is supposed to come before the Messiah? No. Thus causing many people to disbelieve that Jesus was the Messiah. And therefore they didn't believe in him and therefore they crucified him. What kind of a guy is this John the Baptist? Verse 29. And all the people that heard him and the publicans justified God. Doesn't make any difference. If God said it, that's it. I justify God. If uh, John went to hell, if the one third of the angels are going to hell, if the people in the desert, in you know, wilderness, they fell, uh, all of them except two. And if all the people that were drowned in the world, uh, only eight of them were saved, I justify God. If John the Baptist went to hell and all the people that heard Jesus and the publicans, just uh, they uh, and the, all those that heard him said the publicans included justified God. Being baptized with the baptism of John. But uh, Pharisees and lawyers rejected the counsel of God against uh, themselves. In other words, God's wrong and we're right. Right, right, right. That's the same thing that these false prophets are saying today. Being not baptized of him. Because they weren't baptized. Why were they not baptized of him? Because John said... Uh, you have to come, uh, let me see you doing something that is of God, and then I'll baptize you. But who has warned you, uh, vipers, to flee from the wrath of God? I'm not baptizing any of you because you're phonies, you're false prophets, and you don't receive the gospel, you don't receive Christ. Verse 31. And the Lord said, Where unto then shall I liken the men of this generation. How are we going to liken the people of this generation? And to what, what are they like? Verse 32, Jesus continues. They are like unto children sitting in the marketplace and calling one to another. They're all unsaved and they're talking to each other. Isn't that something? You can imagine what that conversation is. The same kind of conversation that people have today. Nothingness. And saying, we have piped unto you and you have not danced. In other words, we want, we uh, say, come on, uh, we're uh, calling you to do a little dance routine for us. Uh, we want you to dance to our tune. We're, uh, we think we're greater than you, God. 
we have mourned to you, and ye have not wept. For John the Baptist came neither eating, Jesus says, bread, nor drinking wine. And ye say, he hath a devil. So he did all these things, and you uh, you acknowledge him. And you're saying he has a devil. Verse 34, the son of man is come eating and drinking with the publicans and sinners because he was witnessing to them. And ye say, behold, a gluttonous man and a wine-bibber, a friend of publicans and sinners. Well, he came into the world to win those publicans and sinners, didn't he? Amen. Verse 35. But wisdom is justified of all her children. But you people are not wise, but wisdom, if people have it, it justifies every one of her children, people that possess wisdom. Verse 36. And one of the Pharisees uh, desired him that he would eat with him. And he went to the Pharisee's uh, house, Jesus did, and sat down to meet, to eat with him. Verse 37, And behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the house, in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment, verse 38, and stood at his feet behind him, weeping, and began to wash his feet with her tears, and did wipe them with the hairs of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. Well, if you're washing the Lord's feet, if you're actually in the presence of the Lord, the Lord is so awesome that when I saw the vision of um, the Lord was showing me heaven and hell, heaven and hell, and then I doubted that this devil came to me and told me my eyes were glued shut. He says, ah, you're just imagining this. And so I opened my eyes and I was actually on a hard tile floor or wood. I can't remember, but I saw this gorgeous carpet that I wanted. Very thick, about three, four inches thick. And it had all amazing colors and floral arrangements on it. And I shut my eyes real close and the Lord showed me hell right away and he's I said, Lord, I'll never doubt you again. I'll never doubt you again. And I couldn't look up because I knew that he was there. And I had so much sin on my soul that I couldn't even think to look at him for fear that uh, I just couldn't. My, my mind wouldn't let my eyes look up at him. And then I just started begging God, don't send me to hell. I'll never doubt you again. I'll never doubt you again. I'll never doubt you again. Oh, God, don't send my soul to hell. And all of a sudden, I saw stars breaking, 
and there was like this one spot that looked like the cross and I felt this tremendous surge of power coming down from heaven going right from right into my heart right from the top of my head into my heart and filled me with his presence the father the Jesus the father and the Holy Spirit and streams of tears started coming out of my eyes and all I felt all the sins that I had ever committed in my life and I was a sinner a big one and it felt just like there was a big boulder a huge one tons that it was strapped on my back and it just was released and there was tears of joy I was just so happy to know that God is uh, communicates with people and uh, that uh, he got a hold of this woman here and she uh, she was in the presence too and there were tears of joy and weeping because she knew that he was going to die and she's washing his feet I felt like my that I was bleeding to death through my eyes and because uh, I was so happy that God had mercy on me and as bitter as I was and as bad as I was uh, that he just came down in of all towns Hollywood California and saved my soul and it was such a refreshing thing the world the entire world looked different to me and all the people in the world looked different to me and I was so utterly happy and then of course why after that happened well every devil in hell on this earth did everything in their power to try to make me be filled with hate because um, I know the Lord and I know how good he is and how wonderful he is and how these people I see them they don't receive the gospel and they're just filthy people but uh, so the Lord was teaching me things you can't let this get to you you can't let a root of bitterness grow up in you and that is almost happened several times and I always have to pay heed to that now, verse 39, now this woman, what a woman she was. She really had the fear of the Lord and really had the blessing of the Lord. And she knew that this was not just a man, that this was God. And she was kissing his feet and washing his feet and wash, wiping the tears away from his feet with her hair. How extremely beautiful. Verse 39, now when the Pharisees, which had bidden him, saw it, uh, he spake within himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would he uh, would have known who and uh, what manner of woman this is that, that, uh, that was touching him. For she is a sinner. Verse 40. And Jesus answering said unto him, because he knew what she was thinking, Simon, I have somewhat to say to the, unto thee. And he saith, Masters, say on. Verse 41. There was a certain uh, creditor which had uh, two debtors. The one owed five hundred pence and the other fifty pence verse 42 and when they had nothing uh, to pay didn't have any money to pay this off 
he frankly forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him most? The one that was forgiven little or the one that was forgiven most? Verse 43, Simon answered this hardened person and said, I suppose uh, that he to whom he forgave most. And Jesus said unto him, Thou hast rightly judged. And he turned to the woman and said unto Simon, Seest thou this woman? I entered into this house. You didn't give me, you gave me no water for my feet. But she has washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with the hairs of her her head. Thou gavest me no kiss, but this woman, uh, since the time I came in, has not ceased to kiss my feet. She knows I'm God. Verse 46, my head with oil thou didst not anoint, but this woman has anointed my feet with ointment. Verse 47, wherefore I say unto thee, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. Her, for she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. And I'll have to continue this uh, for the next message. All right, now we have letters. Where's the first one from? From Columbia Heights, Minnesota. Okay, let's see what they have to say. I am a new Christian and would like to receive a Bible and some other literature about faith in God. I am already receiving your newsletters and enjoying them very much. If possible, please send me a Bible and related material so I can learn about the Christian life. Thank you and God bless. Gerald from Columbia Heights, Minnesota. All right. Uh, We're out of time. Oh. I'm so glad that we got the Word of God into your ears, and hopefully they went down into your soul, into your spirit, into your heart. Um, Right now is the time to pray, so let's ask the Lord to forgive you of little, if you've just sinned little, or let's ask him to forgive you for much. In any case, he'll forgive every sin that you've ever committed in your life and drown it in the sea of his forgetfulness. So just call out to him. He's a God of his word. He's a man of his word. Just say to him, my Lord and my God, have mercy upon my soul, a sinner. I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of the living God. I believe that he died on the cross and shed his precious blood for the forgiveness of all my former filthy sins. And I believe that you, Father, raised Jesus from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. I open the door of my heart and I invite you into my heart, Lord Jesus. Wash all my former filthy sins away in the precious blood that you shed for me. You will not turn me away, Lord Jesus, Father God, Holy Spirit. You will save my soul, I know, because your word says so. Your word says that you'll turn no one away, and that includes me. Therefore, I know that you have heard me, and I know that you have answered me, and I know I'm saved. All who call upon you shall be saved. Praise and thank you, Jesus. Now, just praise the Lord and thank him. Raise your hands up and give him all the glory, and share and tell our listening audience how to receive a copy of this program, number 734.
Go to alamoministries.com or write to Tony Alamo Christian Ministries, P.O. Box 6467, Texarkana, Texas, 75505. Or call area code 479-782-7370. That's 479-782-7370. Or fax to area code 479-782-7406. Praise the Lord. This is World Pastor Tony Alamo. Make sure you tune in tomorrow for another day by day, one day at a time, message on how to enter into the kingdom of heaven and stay standing an extra day every day of your life. Well, I was thrown in prison on false charges, and I never sent away to find out if Jesus was the real Messiah or not. I just said, Lord, have your own way. You put me in here. You've allowed me to go in here as a test. I, I'm not like John the Baptist. I don't question who you are. So I just want to say to you, Father God, have thine own way. This is myself singing it for you. And no matter what kind of predicament you're in, you can pray to get out of it. But whatever, let God have his way with you so he can prove to others that you're really of the Lord and that he lives in you. Have thine own way, Lord.
with thy spirit till all shall see Christ only Christ only all.